0: I have an amazing interview for you today on the Teacher Hustle Podcast. It's very different than any interview I've done before because it isn't as business-focused, though it still is, and I'll explain that. Dawn is from the Calm and Resilient Teacher, and she's going to be helping us understand how we can implement small ways to deal with our stress, to manage our wellness, and put our wellness first in in a way that doesn't add to our to-do list, right? It doesn't give us more to do. She doesn't tell us to go to a yoga class or to go get a massage, which you know is like my pet peeve because I don't have time for that. She tells us how to manage our stress in ways that we can do every day without adding something more to our plates. It's actually going to free us up for more creativity in our business because we're going to be taking care of some of these things in a long lasting way that is something we can sustain over time. And so Dawn and I chat for a really long time today about health and wellness, some misconceptions that we have had. And one of the biggest ones, one of the biggest takeaways from me, which you will hear in a minute, is the difference between self-indulgent and self self-indulgence and self-care. I thought they were one in the same. I thought that going to get a massage was what I was supposed to be doing for self-care. You'll find out that I was very wrong in that, and Dawn helps me see that self-care can mean just being present and coming into the moment. And then at the very end of the podcast, you know I couldn't let her escape without talking business. Dawn runs an amazing, engaged Facebook group. So after we talk about teacher wellness, we're also going to tell you about how to keep your face Facebook group engaged? And when is the right time to start a Facebook group? If you've got other things going on, when is it time to add that into your marketing strategy? So sit back and take a couple deep breaths. You are going to love today's episode with Dawn. How can we as creative educators and entrepreneurs find our authentic voice Get real in a world where real is hard to come by and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced. Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's to bring your wildest ideas to life. All right, I want to welcome Dawn to the Teacher Hustle podcast. She is going to breathe some life into us worker bees and help us figure out how to stay calm and resilient as teachers and as teacher business owners. So thank you so much for being here. We are so excited to have you because a lot of us struggle with balancing our time, finding time for ourselves, figuring out how we are going to take care of ourselves when we have, a lot of us are full-time teachers and moms and teacherpreneurs or teachers with a business. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do and kind of what you bring to this online space?
1: Yeah. So thank you so much for having me on on the show. I'm really excited to be here. So I was a math teacher for uh, mostly middle school for, for over 10 years. And I left teaching not really by choice. I got so incredibly sick and nobody could figure out what was wrong. And I kind of ended up, you know, I, after lots of different doctors and lots of different, you know, hmm, I don't know. Um, I ended up kind of self-diagnosing myself as like on the brink of burnout, like complete burnout. Um, I had lots of weird symptoms, like blood work was terrible. My daughter was about a year and a half at the time. And um, I just was like, you know what? There must be so much stress in my body right now. I didn't feel stress. But there must be something going on here. I need to figure out how to manage my stress. So I ended up learning about tapping, EFT, emotional freedom techniques. And in no time at all, like I had been sick for years. And in no time at all, I was completely healed. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is really amazing, you know? And and then that's when I, I left the – well, I, when I left teaching – I found EFT, I was able to heal. And then I decided to kind of go the route of teaching other people really simple self, self-care techniques in terms of stress management. Um, because I realized that so many of us are carrying around so much, we have no idea that it's there until we can't ignore it anymore. And I really wanna help teachers first stay in the classroom because we need really good teachers to stay in the classroom, but also to feel good, you know, to have better health to to ditch the stress and the overwhelm that's literally killing our immune systems and our and our overall health.
0: I love that you said that you teach simple ways to do this because sometimes I feel like self-care is just another item on my to-do list and it's often the last priority for me because um, of the kids and teaching and the business. I am not you know going to take huge amounts of time out of my day to try to take care of myself i'm really resistant to that, so I'm excited that you're going to teach us some things that we can do to take care of ourselves that are simple and easy
1: Yes, and that's really so important and I try to really focus on that in in everything that i that I share because yes, giving a busy person another thing to do is crazy. Like they're just not going to do it. And then it's, it's, um, it's completely pointless. So yes, but there are some very, very simple ways to add self-care into your day and into your, your everyday routine, things that you're already doing. And I want to make a, a distinction here because I think um, self-care is, and when I first heard the difference between self-care and self-indulgence, I was pretty mind blown because what is the, the main thing that's out there right now talking about self-care because we know teachers are in a crisis like our teachers are completely emotionally wiped for the most part teacher mental health emotional health is a really hot topic right now and it's really scary and also for students too but um but self-care I think we're we're talking about self-care but we're really talking about self-indulgence and the difference is that in with self-care and incorporating self-care into your everyday life, into your everyday routine, you're creating a life that you don't have to escape from. You have harmony, you have balance, you have happiness and fulfillment. But self-indulgence is like getting you know, the, the mani petty once a month, they're getting a massage once a month, they're taking every Sunday to sleep for 12 hours. You know, self-indulgence is, is a temporary escape from your current reality. And if you're only focused on self-indulgent tasks, you're missing out on the, the huge benefits of true self-care. So I, you know, if you are, are you know, getting your mani-pedi, you're going out with your girlfriends every Friday night, those are great. They make you feel good. Those are awesome. But it's not really necessarily true self-care and it's not necessarily going to have lasting effect on how you feel overall and your overall health.
0: I just wrote that all down because that absolutely blows my mind. And that is probably why I am so resistant to what I thought was self-care. I totally resist self-indulgence. Like I will not go get a massage. I hate my husband always, I hope he doesn't listen to this, but the poor guy always gets me a massage gift card for like everything. My birthday, Valentine's Day, I never use them. Because to me, like sitting there for an hour, laying there, Um, this is a huge waste of my hour because I like to be busy in my business, but maybe why I hate self-indulgence is because it's not truly, it doesn't have any lasting effect. Like you said, it's not helping me out in the long run anyway. Right, right. It's just a feel good in the moment type thing,
1: you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are, um, they really believe that they take care of themselves because they do their nails or they get their hair done or things like that. But that's, that feels good in the moment, but that's not having a lasting effect on what's truly happening in your body.
0: So, so two hour long trips, strolling around target with a latte (laughs) means that when I come right back to my house, all of the stress is still here, even though that was a wonderful, glorious two hours. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Your life hasn't
1: changed. That was a temporary escape. <laughs> it feels you know? good
0: in the moment, but tell us then what are some true self-care strategies that we can try out that will have a longer lasting effect?
1: Okay. So there's a couple things. things. Um, the first and the easiest thing is to just be more aware of your breath. So what I do, and, and like I was telling you guys before about EFT or tapping, you know, I teach teachers lots of different ways to incorporate tapping into their, their everyday uh, routine as well, because just a few seconds of something like tapping or something like intentional breathing can have a profound effect on your cortisol le- levels. Your, um, you know, a lot of teachers are in that fight, fight, freeze state, um, kind of the, the fight, the fight, State all day. You know, you're fighting battles. You're making decisions in a split second. You are constantly go 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 on on on, um, and that's really unhealthy for your brain to be constantly in that state. So, with tapping or with breathing, you know, you you can help your body to relax. You can help your body get into the um, kind of like the the optimal emotional state, the optimal healing state. If you have physical things going on in your body, but it can return your body. Back to the the um, like kind of like your default set point, so that everything is is operating as it should. You don't have the the anxiety. You don't have like the tightness in your in your chest. You're not breathing really shallow. So the simplest thing is really to just be more intentional of your breath. And the way you can do this, when you're taking a shower in the morning, you know, take three deep breaths. Get into the habit of just adding a couple moments during the day where you're taking deep breaths. Most of us are not breathing well at all because when we're stressed, we're taking these really short shallow breaths. We're not exhaling properly. So what's happening is we have all this stale air that's just sitting around in our lungs that's like doing nothing for our body. Um and we are we are robbing our body of the very thing that it needs, right? Clean fresh oxygen. So being intentional, you know, taking a shower in the morning, take a couple deep breaths. You're getting dressed, take a couple deep breaths. I also teach teachers um, when, they, when they have tra- different transitions in their day, let's say they're walking their class to art or they're walking their class to the lunchroom. What you can do is as you're walking, you can focus on your breathing and you can teach this to your students and help them increase their self-awareness and help them self-regulate, Right. So maybe you take five steps as you inhale, and then maybe you take the next seven steps you focus on exhaling slowly. Usually you wanna focus on exhaling a little bit longer than you inhale, um, because again, that's gonna help you get all the stale air out of your lungs, because most of us are just lazy exhalers. So exhale a little bit longer, but even if you exhale the same amount as you inhale, it's fine, as long as you're doing something a little bit differently, right? You're not on autopilot, and this is also helping you get into the present moment. So if you are in the present moment, your mind isn't thinking about everything you have to do, and it's not thinking about everything you're, you're gonna have to do, right? It's thinking about you right here, right now, and that is a very, very helpful place to be in. Um, when you think about somebody who's, who's dealt with trauma, It's a a constant loop, past, future, past, future, past, future. And to to really heal, you want to be in that present moment. You want to engage in things where you are truly focused on being in your body, on being right here, right now. So breath is honestly one of the easiest ways to really be processing stress on a regular basis and to be allowing your body to let it go. Right, you are. You're doing amazing things if you are just focusing on your breathing. It is the simplest thing, but it can have such an incredible impact on your overall health and how you feel.
0: Okay, you're you just completely blew my mind because um, it's funny. Before we hit record, we were talking about how a lot of the teachers that listen, and we always talk about how working in our business feels like self care because it feels like a bit of an escape or, um, like a creative outlet for us at the end of the day, at the end of the work day. And, and you said something about, be careful that it's not like decide if it's a self-indulgence or a self-care thing before you defined those two terms to me, I was defensive. I said, no, it's self-care. It really is. It's my self-care. I say that all the time on the podcast and on my blog and on Instagram. But now that you've defined those two, and I hear an example of self care is as simple as getting back to my breath and being present, which by the way, I totally also hate doing because I resist any sort of thing where I have to slow down. Um, that makes me realize that I don't think I need to feel guilty for working for working because I do feel like that is an escape for me, and that is my hobby that's my creative outlet but But maybe I need to give some more thought to what self care truly is. And that it doesn't need to be another thing on my to-do list. Like taking deep breaths as I'm walking, I can totally handle that. Mm -hmm. I can totally do that. It's doable. It is not another thing added to my plate. And it might help me be more creative in my business. If I take the time to do that, it's going to free my mind up a little bit more to do even bigger things in business. So I need to reword how I say that, how I make that point. I think it's a, it's a hobby. It's a refreshing hobby uh, that brings me enjoyment, but it's not going to be what it could be if I don't do some of these small self-care steps with myself. And I, I love the idea of doing it with your students as well. We, um, In my school, we do a program called Open Circle, where we do a lot of talk about it's basically social, emotional learning, but it's an entire curriculum. So mm-hmm. we teach a lot about, we've, we do the balloon breath and I would love to do that with them in the hallway as well, because they will be a little more controlled in the hallway, first of all, and they're going to love it. it. It's these, these simple changes to our day and that distinction between an outlet or an escape, um, and really, truly doing some lasting work on ourselves. That just totally blew my mind, Dawn. This this is a life-changing <laughs> podcast episode. I feel like I'm in therapy. Thank you. <laughs> it, it's like, it really doesn't have to be
1: hard. You yeah. know, you don't have to make it complicated. The, life is so complicated as it is to begin with, and we don't have to make it complicated. I want to add one more thing about the breath, because this is really cool, and this is something that students love to learn about. So, what I challenge you guys to do right now is sit up or stand, you know, nice and tall. And I want you to take a deep breath. Do you feel yourself getting taller or getting wider? Oh my
0: gosh. I'm so pregnant right now. <laughs> First of all, I needed that breath because I was running out of breath, but <laughs> I definitely feel taller. Okay. So I don't, I don't know how this is with your, with the pregnancy, right?
1: Everything's probably sprints <laughs> together, and and it, and it's a little different. <laughs> but, um, but usually, you know, 99% of people will feel taller when they take a deep breath. However, that is the wrong way to breathe. So if you just change the way that you're breathing, you can also have an incredibly profound effect on your overall health. So if you think about, you know, we teach little kids all the time, breathe with breathe with your belly, you know, make your belly big. And that's the right way to breathe. And that's actually the way that kids breathe naturally because we're bored breathing correctly. Um, that's how they breathe all the time until they're about six. And then they learn a lot of times because of how we're modeling taking a deep breath. You know, when we model it, we get nice and tall and our chest gets wide and so kids see that and then they start actually breathing like that but it's really easy to retrain our bodies how to breathe correctly and if you if you're conscious of this and as you're taking deep breaths when you're walking in the hallway or as you're taking deep breaths in the shower focus on breathing with your belly and there is a um I learned this from somebody named Dr. Belisa B-E-L-I-S-A Vranich, V-R-A-N-I-C-H. She has a book called Breathe. It is so mind-blowing how we're breathing totally incorrectly and we're just not using our breathing muscles when we're typically breathing, um, which has so many different poor, you know, effects on our overall health. But if you, if you look at how you're breathing and you start focusing on your belly, but then teaching your, your students also, like just like I did here, you know, take a deep breath and, and you're going to see most of your students, unless their parents are like yoga teachers or they're they're breathing well regularly um, and they've been taught how to breathe correctly, um, you're going to see them all getting taller, right? And then you can share with them. Animals breathe correctly all the time. They know no other way. So you could even share that with them too. Like, you know, animals, you could watch videos, you will see their bellies getting bigger and smaller all the time. But with us, we learn how to breathe incorrectly. So even just, you know, as you're focusing on your breath, focus on a correct breath. So focusing with your belly and you kind of like when you inhale, you kind of rock your your pelvis forward a little bit. When you exhale, Kind of think about like your belly button to your spine. It's kind of like the cat cow, cat pose and cat pose in yoga. You're kind of doing that action as you're as you're breathing. But as you retrain your body to breathe correctly, you're going to be doing that so naturally and so subtly. Um, You're not even going to have to think about it anymore, which is which is also going to help you feel so much better. When you're breathing correctly, you're processing your stress, you're effectively managing your stress, and you're just going to feel so much better overall. And then because you guys are so busy with, you know, building businesses on on top of teaching, you're going to have so much more mental clarity. Your ability to focus is going to be so much stronger. Your, you know, if you have brain fog or poor energy in the afternoon or the evenings when you sit down to work on your business, breathing correctly during the day is going to give you that mental boost. That's going to help you push through doing a little bit of work on your business but also not negatively affecting your health in the process.
0: You know? uh, sold, sold. I, if you can, you know, clear up that brain fog before I can. I love that you didn't tell us that we don't have to work. That we sh- that we shouldn't sit down in the evenings and work. That we should, you know, stop doing that and start doing a yoga class or something, we can still do this while and and clear that brain fog and get present for our, our business and for our families and everything else that we've got going on in these simple ways. Can you tell us now I know about tapping because I have not talked about this much on the podcast, but I'm feeling pretty ready to and I think that that my audience would like to hear my story but i do have anxiety and i've had it i'm pretty much a life lifelong anxiety girl and i had some pretty severe postpartum anxiety with my first child and so i've known about tapping for a long time but can you tell us a little tapping. bit about um tap what tapping is just give us like a basic and then how we can use this as another simple self-care strategy yes
1: so tapping is a combination of psychology and acupressure and with tapping, you are um, you're tapping on certain parts of your body, the same points that you would use for acupressure or acupuncture. And as you're tapping on these points, and there's a process that you follow. There's a there's a lot of different ways to tap, and it's a very flexible tool. But the basic tapping process is pretty um is, is pretty pretty similar. And we can, if you want, we can link up some some videos where they can yeah. actually go through the process. But as you're tapping on these points, you typically are repeating certain phrases, which is allowing your brain to to process things that are going on. We typically will start tapping on the negative, either the emotion, the pain, the belief, um, something that is not so helpful or not so supportive in your life. So we typically tap on that first to allow your body to process it, to, to bring attention to the problem. Right. what you resist persists so we want to bring the attention to it so that we can clear that out and then you could also use tapping to program uh, new beliefs which are super super helpful but also to magnify different emotions that you want to feel so if you're feeling stressed let's say you want to tap a little bit to process the stress but then you want to feel super creative you know let's say you're sitting down at your, your business and you are you have a training to write or you're making a a deliverable or some kind of download. Or you're going live. Yeah, or you're going live, right? <laughs> and you want to feel inspired or creative. You can actually tap to magnify that emotion, which is something that I love to do. And, and I love to teach, you know, teachers how to do that. But um, but yeah, you can use tapping in a variety of ways, but it's basically allowing your body, again, to reset, to to get rid of anything in your body that's not supportive, that's not helpful, right? We would never say something is bad or something is wrong. Every emotion is just information. We, we don't want to attach judgment to that, but we have to acknowledge it. We, be, we have to be aware that it's there. We don't want to be suppressing it or pushing it away or just ignoring it because then what typically happens is it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you can't ignore it anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, but tapping helps us to, to process that and to release that. And then to basically create what we want to create, to create the emotional state that we want to to have for that particular time.
0: You know, when I, when my therapist first suggested that I start tapping with her, I, you know, I love her, but when she said that, I I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not woo. I'm very straightforward. I was like, no, I'm I, this. I did it because she was asking me to, but I went home and thought this is ridiculous because she had me it's a physical tapping that you're doing yeah. while you are working on some of this mental stuff. And I thought she was crazy. Uh, and then as we <laughs> continued to do it, because she kept insisting that that I do it, I realized that by adding that physical component, I was forcing myself through these thoughts that I was previously pushing to the back of my mind that we're just bottling up and we're taking up so much mental space. So it's almost, if you're sitting there listening to this podcast and you're like me and you're thinking, okay, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. It sounds crazy. Uh, it is a way to just sort of f- f- acknowledge those thoughts, like you said, judgment-free, um, but bring them to the surface in a way that allows you to also change the narrative and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where- before you're just you're really ignoring it and that physical element of it feels strange but it's also something you can do that's really not noticeable so you can be doing it right when you're at school or you're in the car or whatever and people are not necessarily you can do it in a small way that people won't notice it if you need to do it in public. Is that am I Mm -hmm. on the right track with that?
1: Yeah. So there's ways you can do tapping through visualization. You can do tapping just on like your fingertips. Um there and there's different ways that, um, you know, to tap while you're driving, let's say, if you want to tap on the way to school. And it's right. another thing, you're not adding to your list, you're already driving, right? right. But why not focus a little bit on your breath or, or focus a little bit on tapping while you're you know, stuck at the red light or on your commute. Um, but you can tap in your fingertips, you can tap just through visualization, you can just pick one or two tapping points, like your chest is an amazing point, right in the middle of your chest, tapping on there for a couple seconds before you know, your, your observation or your toughest class of the day or whatever it is can also help reset your body, can send calming waves to your central nervous system, your heart rate slows down. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about the, the amygdala, the fight, flight, freeze response in your brain. You, know, you can help your, your body calm down those responses, decrease the cortisol in your body from being stressed out, And and sometimes it's literally just a couple seconds of a reset, you know? Um, yes, you can go, you can, you know, have a, a full hour of clinical EFT with a practitioner, but you don't necessarily need to for the day to day stress. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. The other thing that I want to say too, is there's a big component in tapping of your subconscious mind. And if you are working on your business or you've been working on your business for a long time and you're just not seeing results or you're finding yourself kind of stuck in the same, with the same results, there's probably something going on, like a mental block going on. Yeah. Now it could be a worthiness thing. It could be a fear of success. Yep. When I work with business owners, honestly, fear of failure is very, it's not really there. A lot of times it's fear of success. It's fear of losing freedom when your business is really big. It's fear that you don't have the systems in place. So if you do all of a sudden have a hundred new customers, can you handle it? Or are you going to be up until 5am dealing with customer orders? There's so many things that go into your business that a lot of times we block our success subconsciously and we get caught up in doing all of the small things because it's comfortable and it's safe and it's familiar. So with tapping, you can really see, like it it often comes very apparent in a pretty short amount of time, what is really holding you back? What belief or what thought do you really have that's there that's keeping you in the same place? Because change is scary. Even big, awesome, amazing change, it's still scary. And our brain oftentimes tries to protect us and keep us in the comfort zone.
0: Yeah. And we keep ourselves small in that way too. I think that I see that all the time uh, with a lot of teachers that I work with. It's just that, that some oftentimes for a lot of them, it's, and for me too, it's self-doubt or feeling like we're not good enough or who are we to be here? Who are we Mm -hmm. to have this voice? Uh, That mindset block can really, really stop you from doing big things and can, can keep you small because yes. you're it's the norm you're used to it this is very different especially as teachers i feel like we are we're trained to feel that we only deserve so much that we should work and work and work but for the same, you know, end results and that, you know, we don't deserve any more than that. So all of that stuff. Now we're going to have to have you in the Teacher Hustle U crew membership to do a tapping with us. Would you do that for us? That would be amazing. Yeah. I'd love to do that around mindset and just really get at some of these issues because I can teach you the tech stuff all day. I can give you the business strategy all day. We can talk content strategy, but if there's a mind block um, if you've got a mind block going where you're just not feeling good enough, or you're not feeling like you belong in this space, it's nothing is going to be able to happen in your business Mm
1: -hmm. until you push
0: through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is, this is quickly becoming my favorite podcast episode ever. I'm just looking down at my question list for the first time since we started talking. Um, all right. So if you had to give us one tip as teachers, teacher, business owners, parents, What is your top wellness tip for us? What is the number one thing? You've already given us some great examples with the breathing and the tapping and and knowing the difference between self-care and self-indulgence. What is the top thing we need to be doing? I think that the number
1: one thing is making this a priority. Yeah. You know, making it a priority for you because if you're not focusing on self-care, if you're not being intentional with your breath, if you are living... Um, in a constant state of go, 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 you're, you're kind of living a life detached from your body. And healing happens when you are in your body, you're in the present moment, you know, you're grounded and you're, you're here in the, in the moment. And um, if you live a life that so many do, I mean, today there was somebody, when I was dropping off my son at preschool, somebody lost their car in the parking lot. And a mom actually jumped into my car thinking it was her car because like it was just, you know, but it's, it's such a perfect example of how we are living such busy lives. We're not even aware of like who, like where we are right this moment and what's going on around us right this moment. So make your wellness a priority. And that's not another thing on your to-do list. That's not another thing that you have to do necessarily, but commit to taking care of you, even if it means you wake up in the morning, you say, thank you for another day. And you take a deep breath. It could be as simple as that. But the more you can spend, the more time you can spend in your body in the present moment, actually checking in with you, like, how do I feel right now? You know, it could just be asking yourself that question before you go to bed, like, how does my body feel? And, um, and if you don't know, if you're, if you're so detached in that moment that you just, you don't really know, try wiggling your toes or bringing attention to your legs. That can help you to, to be more aware of your body right now. But really, it's so important to commit to making you a priority because if you are sick, if you do all of a sudden, like that, what happened to me, you know, I didn't even know I was stressed. I didn't even have any signs that I was aware of because I was probably so busy. I was ignoring everything, right? I didn't have any signs until I was literally so tired all the time, so dizzy all the time. And I couldn't take care of of my daughter. I couldn't take care of anything. And I don't want that to happen to you. So really, really, really make your wellness a priority. Even if you're totally resisting what I'm saying right now, and you're like, nope, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right? Really check in with your body during the day. And you can maybe just commit taking a nice deep breath when you wake up in the morning, or taking a nice deep breath as you're, you know, laying on your bed about to fall asleep. Just commit to doing one tiny thing a little differently because you, your body needs health. You need to be healthy in order to accomplish these big goals that you have. And in order to, you know, maintain your relationships, your family, your, your
0: relationship with your students, your overall health and your overall wellness. I feel like you're just speaking straight to me. Like this is just me and you right now. You're right. You're so right. I definitely can see this that I need to make it a priority because I just notoriously resist it. And morning routines, that's another one for me and I've talked about this on the podcast before. Like it all these lengthy like write in your gratitude journal and go make a cup of tea and like you know, meditate for 20 minutes. I I can't do that in the morning. I can't. If I get up before my toddlers, they hear me first of all. And so they're like, mom, you know, mom, 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 I need this. I need that. And I just, it, it just can't make it work for me. But I like that you're saying it could be as simple as starting with a deep breath when you wake up and checking in with yourself that i can handle. <laughs> or do you have mm-hmm. any other suggestions while we're on that topic of morning routines of like simple things we could do in the morning that are that are going to help us set us up for a day of success and well-being.
1: Yeah, so i so um, morning routines, you know, i love I love I wake up really really super super early because I, I love that quiet time in the morning where you know everybody is is still asleep and things like that so I wake up a lot earlier than my than my family but um, you don't have to I mean to set yourself up for success in the morning I would say it could be as simple as getting a little bit of movement in so getting a little bit of movement in in the morning even if it's like you're marching in place while you brush your teeth that's gonna spark energy that's gonna spark some some more oxygen flowing through your body. Um, But also maybe, you know, a couple deep breaths when you're getting dressed or a couple deep breaths when you're in the shower. Or it could even just be like setting a timer for 30 seconds of quiet, like actual quiet where you can actually check in with your thoughts and see what's going on. Um, It doesn't have to be anything crazy. For me, when, when when my kids were waking me up, Or when my son was, he was not a very good sleeper for a long time. So he was in our bed every single night. When I would wake up with my kids, I started my day feeling stressed and frazzled. And it was never a good place for me to be. Um, So have a little bit of time for yourself in the morning, even if it's like 30 seconds, a minute where you're in your closet getting dressed and you just kind of take a pause and think, okay, you know, in with your body, check in with your thoughts. Um, but it is, this is such a hot topic and it really morning routines look so different for so many people and, and they work in such different ways for people. Um, so I don't, you know, I, I, think just finding something that works for you, finding something that helps you get your day started where you don't feel
0: rushed, right. you know, you don't feel stressed. Right. And I think for me, that might mean doing some of these strategies without making this sounds really ridiculous, but without making the move of like going downstairs, starting everything up, letting the dogs out, that almost feels like a big move for me. Like maybe I can do some of these strategies from just you know my room like you said while I'm brushing my teeth or I'm getting ready, that can I can kind of combine that so that I'm not waking the whole household up when I'm trying to get up and be peaceful uh, that I can kind of get still get these things done in my regular routine. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us about Sunday nights? So we're talking about mornings. I always say to check in with yourself on Sunday night from a productivity standpoint. So I talk about how we are cyclical beings and so some weeks in our business are gonna be like high productivity weeks where we are on and we're ready and we're creative and we have this space and then some weeks are gonna be like winter weeks for us that they're gonna be weeks of rest and um uh, just kind of recharging your mind and getting ready for those creative weeks. And so I always tell the THU crew members to check in with their bodies on a Sunday night to to really honor it if it's a rest week. And uh this all comes from the book do less by Kate Northrup which I read and was really life-changing for me because I was guilt felt guilty if I had a week of rest, if I had a week where I needed to be off in my business. And so Sunday nights for me have been have really turned into checking in with myself and I'm proud of that because that was a big step for me as a as a doer to be able to say like, nope, this week is going to be a week where my to-do list is much lighter. And then maybe I'm going to work one night or two nights this week. And then next week I'll kick it back up in in or I'll check in with myself and see if I'm ready to kick it back into gear. And then when I saw that you and your Facebook group do a lot of uh, Sunday night ditch the stress sessions, you call them, right? Mm-hmm. So can you yeah. tell us about how that works and why Sunday nights are important for you? Yeah. So
1: I originally... I think I originally had the ditch the stress sessions, the weekly sessions on a different day and nobody was showing up live and it was kind of like a dead thing. Like I was just, you know, doing this with myself, which is never so fun. Right. (laughs) So, um, so I asked the group, I said, guys, what day would you like to change this to where you guys are, are showing up and engaged and active and Sunday night was the night that they chose. And, um, for teachers, Sunday night is often a night of so much stress and anxiety. Yeah, because you feel guilty that your bag is still full of ungraded papers and lessons didn't get done, and this didn't happen, and that didn't happen. You had all these grand plans for the weekend, and chances are, you were so exhausted. You needed that time off. You took that time off, but now you're sitting in a pile of guilt. Also, Monday mornings. So many teachers report that they feel very anxious on Monday mornings, and Monday morning is like the um, the statistically, like the number one time of where people have heart attacks, so it's kind of scary, wow. you know. Starting the starting the week and um, just feeling uh, stressed about overwhelmed to, already, you know, yeah, overwhelmed already, yeah, before you even start the week. So, um, so the Sunday night ditch the stress session. My intention was helping teachers kind of go to bed with a clear head and a clear conscience. Ditch the stress, ditch the guilt, anxiety, whatever was going on. And to, to be able to start Monday morning feeling much better, much calmer, much happier. And, you know, the, the lives are in the group, right, For, forever and ever as long as, um, as long as they're there. But I think paying attention to your emotional health, your mental health on Sunday night when historically so many teachers are, are just um, sitting in, in the guilt and the anxiety and the stress, but also carrying all the baggage and all the stress from last week. Um, I think it can help set them up for a much better week the next week. You know, a much better Monday morning. So that's why that's why we kind of focus on the Sunday night, uh, the Sunday night session.
0: You're totally right. You're you're right. We always say the Sunday scaries, right? Like we have this feeling really from Sunday morning that this pressure is 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 back. We were waiting all week for Saturday and Friday night and then Sunday it just plain isn't enjoyable sometimes because of the guilt and the pressure and the week ahead and all of the things that are looming. And so it I do really see the importance of checking in with yourself on a Sunday night, it's just, it could really change your week and set you up for success there. And I love that you do those. So what do you do in a, in a ditch your stress session? So we, we do lots of tapping. Um, we do lots of tapping,
1: lots of breathing. I try to switch it up from week to week so that, you know, um, sometimes we do a little bit of yoga. Um, but it's, it's really, we're doing this together. Like I want, you know, I want us to do the work together so that we get those results. So, but it's mostly really a lot of tapping and a lot of breathing for the most part. So um, chatting about you know different obstacles, different stressors, so that we can make the tapping session a little more specific to whoever is there. But it's usually a general, a general
0: session where where we do the tapping and the and the breathing together. It sounds like a another easy strategy, simple. Mm-hmm. take, how yeah. long would you say they last? How long do you I try to never go over 20 minutes.
1: Perfect. So, yeah, but even if in the tapping, sometimes the tapping is like two or three minutes in the beginning. So even if somebody just tuned in to do that and they didn't want to do, you know, the conversation and the chit chat or whatever, they could just tune in for the first couple minutes. I, I jump right in, in those sessions, even if we're tapping and talking Um, but I don't want to waste anybody's time, you know, if they're there and, and, you know, Sunday night is often a time where you get to enjoy some time with your family and, you know, football in the, in the fall and things like that. So, so yeah, we jump right in. And, and even if you tune in for just a couple minutes, you can still get that, get that effect and also learn some of these tools that you can do on your
0: own. Right. I was just thinking I could use it on Monday mornings in the car on the ride to school because I need to just check in with myself before I even show up that day. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't catch it Sunday night, I could play it in the car on the way to school and and try to just work through some of that before I enter those doors and start (laughs) thinking about copies and all the things that need to be done Monday morning. Yes, for sure. All right. So I feel like we just absolutely, that that beginning of this episode, I have to thank you because I think it's going to help so many teachers, so many teacher business owners just really get control to to be present and to be aware of these things and to make this a priority. And I think if you could convince me to, um, being the huge to do person to do list person that I am, I think it'll, it'll be really helpful for the listeners. But of course, you know, I couldn't let you escape this interview without talking business because you run a really admirable business and i what i especially love that you're doing is your face your free facebook group and so i forgot to say in the beginning that the way that we met was through just business in general and chatting yeah. about being teacher business owners and strategy and all of that and so of course i was i've been watching your moves in business and your free facebook group is engaging with you. They are loving your trainings. They are asking for tips. They are engaging with each other. And that is really definitely something that is a goal for every Facebook group. And I know a lot of my listeners don't have their own Facebook groups yet. Some of them do, but they definitely have their eye on how they can help the group come together as a community when they do reach that level. So can you give us some tips about, first of all, if somebody was thinking about opening a Facebook group for their business, when do you think is the right time to do that? When are they ready for that next step of maybe they have a page, maybe they have an they have a Facebook page, they have an Instagram account, they have a blog. When are they ready for a Facebook group?
1: I would say Facebook groups are something that, like every business, we need an audience, right? We need to have an audience and your audience has to get to know you. They have to have relationships with you. They have to have a connection to you for the most part, right? So a Facebook group, you could never ever go wrong with the community and building the community. Um, The thing is, if you're not ready to commit a little bit of time to growing it, to engaging with your members and it's just gonna sit there then it's not the right time for you. But if you have a little bit of time to invest in, you know, getting it set up, getting some engaging posts in there, um, to planning, right. To planning when you're going to go live, when you're going to show up for them, they have to get to know you. They have to get to know your face. They have to get to know, like people are going to connect with you through your values and your values are going to come out through, your posting and your lives and your connection with them. So if you have time to invest in growing your community a little bit, getting to know your members, you can't go wrong building your community. I mean, these are people who are going to be um, ambassadors for your brand. They're going to be customers. They're going to be clients. They're just going to be people who support you, give you ideas, right? That you can ask questions to when you are thinking about doing something. You know, there are, um, it's never a bad time to start building your community and your audience.
0: I think that it's, there's oftentimes, um, an objection that comes up around Facebook groups that, you know, I'm going to put this time in and nobody's going to engage. I'm going to create posts and nobody's going to come back and say anything. And honestly, I felt that way In the very beginning as well, I felt like I was just putting things out there and I didn't really know how to get people involved. But as soon as I started really strategizing and making that a bit of a priority to get people involved and to build this community of not only people who talked to me and got to know my values, but also got to know one another, that's when it really, the engagement did spike up. And and does stay the same. So, what tips do you have for us to keep the group engaged, and so that it's not just you talking at them? Yes,
1: and that is super super important. So, you have to think about why people come to Facebook. So, people are coming to Facebook not necessarily to learn a whole bunch of new things. They're coming for entertainment. They're coming for um, for community, getting to know new people. And your group has a specific focus, right? So you you want your group to have a a focus. You don't want to just be like a very general thing, right? You want to kind of have some kind of niche. People want to connect with people who are similar to them. Now, you have to realize, and, and I totally learned this through trial and error. Like I've had a few different Facebook groups, and I love posting informational things, sharing articles, sharing, like having like kind of deep conversations with people but people don't come to Facebook for that necessarily. So you have to kind of work with your audience and see what are they engaging with. There's a lot of different types of questions that you can ask them. There's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different ways that you can learn more about them. You can, people love talking about themselves and people love talking about their, their struggles and their challenges, but also like what they're good at and what they're what their wins are for the week. So ask them about them, you know, make this a place where you're learning about them. They're learning about you, but you don't want to have the focus on you all the time. You want to have the focus on them and also them getting to know each other.
0: Absolutely. I think that was a big game changer for me when I stopped viewing it as a wall of my posts and my advice and my tips and started viewing it as a place to get to know the people who were there. And, and I like that you said that they get to know your values as well. Cause I talk a lot about the core values of your business, but that you also get to know theirs and that you get some feedback, which is a gold mine, you know, for your own messaging, for your own business to get to know them and to have this place where you can do that. One tip that I heard that really uh, got me thinking about this and I can't remember where I heard it, but was that though this group is about them and it's about getting them involved and having them engage with one another, that there should also be that we should keep our minds on the fact that the group is still a place that is run by us and and make sure that we also have our contact information uh, up front and on the announcements and pinned and that we're, our face is showing up in the group. So to have that balance of getting them engaged and also showcasing how you can serve them and how you can help them. That balance is, is really nice to have.
1: Yes. You definitely want to have your group description being business focused. You want to You want people to know that you are the, the leader of the group, the guide of the group. You want to drive a lot of conversations. Um, and sometimes this, this might, um, uh, like you, you want to be strategic about it, but you also want what you post in your group to fit into your your pre-launch schedule, your launch yeah. schedule. You want to be very strategic about it. So when you are in the connection phase of your launch, you want to be posting content where people are connecting with you. Yes. When you're in the the seed part of your launch, mm-hmm. you want to be you know posting content that's kind of seeding them into um, what, what's coming up when you're in your launch part, right? It's completely different. So you want to be really strategic about your content in your group. You do not want to just be going in there, posting random things, posting whatever's on the top of your mind for the day. You have to plan it out. It's really, really important to have a, a strategy.
0: Absolutely. And for those teachers that are listening that don't, we, we talk a lot about course launches and membership launches, because uh, that's the space we come from. But those of you who are selling on Teachers Pay Teachers, Uh, remember that it's important that you have a schedule around when you are launching your products, when you're launching your bundles. And that doesn't mean that your product needs to be brand new. It just means that you're bringing some hype back to that product and some awareness back to that. So for you, a launch may mean talking about a particular product or a bundle and uh, making sure that you're scheduling your content for your Facebook group to set people up for success with with finding that and with needing that at that time. All right, so, Dawn, thank you so much for all of those tips on not only our well being and our self care and our, our mental health, but also on Facebook groups and how to keep people engaged and how to make sure that we're planning good content around that. I know that there are some teachers that are going to want to learn more about tapping and breathing and how to keep calm and resilient in, in their teaching and in their business, can you tell us where they can find you, how they can contact you? And then I'll link everything in the show notes. So they have the links. Okay.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, you can find me at the calm, resilient teacher on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, I have a podcast, the Calm and resilient teacher podcast where you could always connect with me. Um, but yeah, social media is a great place. I'd love for you guys to, to join the group. If you'd like to have some, you know, wellness tips and kind of join the conversation on, on everything teacher, mental and emotional health related. So thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for for the opportunity. Yes. And I'm sure
0: we'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. What a great interview with Dawn. I hope that you had some great takeaways. I can't wait to hear what you thought of it. Come on over to the Teacher Hustle Podcast Facebook group to let us know what you thought, what you're gonna try out this week. And I will link to everything you need to connect with Dawn in the show notes, along with the book she recommended and the book that I mentioned. I'll put that all in the show notes for you. And I will see you next week on the Teacher Hustle Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Teacher Hustle Podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get the latest episodes. If you have a question for me about marketing, mindset, momming, or even life in general, really anything along the lines of anything that I talk about, you can send me a voice recording over at alissamcdonald.com slash askalissa. That's A-L-I-S-S-A. No, I could never get those personalized pencils when I was in elementary school because I spelled my name with an I. Anyway, if you have a question and you send me a voice recording, who knows, your question might be featured on the next podcast. I can't wait to connect with you and I'll see you back here next week.